we turn our bibles to mark's gospel in chapter 3 and we read verses 14 and 15 mark's gospel chapter 3 verses 14 and 15 he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons jesus called the 12 to be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority over demons uh it kind of sounds contradictory isn't it uh he's calling them that they might be with him and that he might also send them out uh, how can you be with somebody at the same time leave them <laughs> no he's not asking them to leave him but he has called the disciples that they might be uh with jesus with the master and uh, for the purpose of being sent out into the world as representatives as uh, ambassadors for christ this morning we're going to look at the call and the commission of being a christian of being called and commissioned as a christian what does it mean or what are we called for what is the call upon our lives and what are we commissioned to we're going to look at that from this passage it says jesus called them that they might be with him to be with Jesus um to we be with him the person Jesus uh, it's not just about uh, following a religion not to just follow a set of principles a set of philosophies not just to pursue some concepts not just propagate some uh, ideology in this world there are many people who have propagated several ideologies in the world and many people subscribe to a certain form of an ideology but here jesus did not come to propagate another new ideology and uh, very often when um people like apostle paul were speaking about the gospel sharing the gospel to the people they actually the people thought that this is some kind of a new philosophy and so the stoics and all of the uh, greek philosophers would uh, come and speak in those um you know arenas amphitheaters and in those uh, public uh, squares and and the people would gather in the city town halls and uh, people would listen to the latest uh, you know uh, uh, doctrine or some uh, philosophy that was uh, spoken of and uh, they were very much given to wisdom they were given to knowledge and so they were excited about it and but jesus did not come to propagate some new ideology like any other man or any other philosopher but here this is god in human form come to redeem mankind and in that process what he has been doing from the beginning is setting apart a people for himself and so jesus comes and hand picks 12 people not all were perfect or rather nobody was perfect but he took uh, every one of them loved them and told them that you know you got to be with me come follow me and he took them along with him wherever he went they were with him they stayed with him they ate with him they uh, traveled with him they wherever he went to preach they went along with him they served him they did what he commissioned them to do and so they were basically in a intimate relationship with jesus with jesus they were with him 
and that's the call and so we're going to look at firstly what is that for which we are called for we called to be with jesus as his disciples he called the 12 the disciples to be with him in acts chapter 11 verse 26 the bible says that the disciples uh were first called christians at antioch it was the disciples who were called as christians at antioch today the word christian means differently to different people a people uh, in the world today identify a christian based on uh what they say as their religion you know when they uh, put down uh, you know which religious group they belong to or oh, christian okay so by that they know christian or by name a uh, name is peter mark john you know or uh, uh lydia mary esther you know naomi oh they know that could be a christian name by name people identify a person as a christian or uh, you know during christmas season if you find a star hanging outside somebody's house and uh, their home decorated you know that's a christian but by the way our neighbor who lives bang opposite to our house a very staunch hindu uh you know equally celebrates christmas by hanging a star and puts up a christmas tree and decorates the house and everything and so <laughs> don't get misled you find stars hanging outside tasmak shops in fact many of them not just one <laughs> you know a tasmak shop is basically a wine shop <laughs> you know several of them hanging in a row <laughs> malls are decorated with huge christmas trees you go to any of the malls in the city and probably even across the country around the world you will find malls decorated with they are for a commercial purpose to attract crowds during that season <laughs> for more business it makes it very uh, that festive mood comes in as soon as you walk into the mall and you feel like buying more <laughs> it's basically to empty your wallet <laughs> that christmas tree is for that purpose and so people identify a christian by many different things and some others would identify a christian by um by virtue of birth born in a christian family the whole family is christian so obviously the son the daughter the grandson grandchild everybody is a christian by virtue of birth and for some others uh, they identify a person as a christian uh, um you know by the way they live or oh, that person must, must be a christian because even though it hurt he spoke the truth you know some uh, you know as christian families uh, some people come to know that this is a christian family by the noise that comes from the house of course christians don't fight we only speak loud uh, you know and so by that some people the wrong way also oh this christian house every time there's always a noise there's always a lot of fighting no sometimes it is that way but for a lot of people they have a high expectation when you say this person is a christian a follower of christ a believer on the lord jesus they have an high expectation 
Haven't you heard sometimes where people say, you're a Christian, but you're telling a lie? You go to church, but you still lie? How can you do that? What that means is that they have a very high expectation. You're a Christian, you must be speaking the truth. You must be doing well. You must be sincere at your work. You must be honest. You must be a good person. And so they would be uh, more willing to employ a Christian because entrust a Christian with a cash box. <laughs> because they know, recently a sister said, you know, uh, some friend uh, got her husband employed uh, in a Christian firm saying a Christian firm, it would be good for you to work, good environment. Things will be done rightly. But I just pray that hopefully that Christian was a true Christian. <laughs> because we have too many Christians who are not living according to the scriptures. <laughs> you know? But people have that understanding. Oh, Christian school. They will teach good discipline. Why do, you know, Parents, non-Christian parents send their children to VBS during summertime. They know that this is happening in the church. They know that this is a Bible uh, lesson class. They know that, you know, Bible will be taught. Jesus will be taught. Songs that worship Jesus will be sung. They know that. But still, why do they want to send them? Why do they boldly send them? And they like sending them. Why? Because they know. Good things will be taught. Amen. And so, in the early church, at Antioch, this is not a Jewish place. This is a Greek-speaking place. This is a Gentile region. But the disciples were called Christians. Followers of Jesus. It was the disciples. And so when Jesus called them to be with him, he called them to be Christians. But this is not like the Christian community to be joined with like the one we find in the world today, the Christian community at large, and what you call as even so-called Christian nations in the world today, are no longer really Christian anymore. They're more atheistic. They're more atheistic. They really don't even believe in the existence of God. Many of the so-called European nations that were called as Christian nations, or the nations that actually sent out missionaries to the whole world, are no longer have nothing to do with Christianity as a nation. Although there might be some good believers here and there. But there are some Christian nations also. Like Pastor Harry was talking about, um, you know, Ghana. And where you would go and you would hear singing and worship and prayers everywhere in every street. <laughs> in the whole nation. Wow, how wonderful is that. Amen. There are some nations that truly are believer nations. Even some of the, um, you know, uh, nations like, you know, what used to be earlier very strong uh, uh, Catholic nations, and now uh, many of them have turned uh, to Christ in large numbers. And so the point is, God has called us to be his followers, to be with him, to be his disciples. That's the call. We need to recognize the big picture of who we are. As uh, people of God, as Christians, who we are, what is our call? What are we commissioned to? In essence, everything just simply boils down to this. Everything about life, everything about our existence in the world simply boils down to this fact that Jesus wants us to be in a relationship with him. He wants us to be his disciples. He's called us for that. 
Now, some of you might say, oh, I've heard this. I know this. I know, yes, Jesus has called us to be his disciples. You've preached it already so many times. Yes, and I preach it again. <laughs> Paul the Apostle would repeatedly write or send key men or he himself would go personally and he and you find in the letters several times he would say, I write this to remind you. I remind you so that you would continue in this. Amen. And so it's important that we continually hear the same teaching again and again and again. One of the senior pastors who went to be with the Lord many years ago would say, would repeat in his sermons the same statements again and again. And one day his assistant asked him, uh, Pastor, why do you say the same statements again and again? He said, it's like driving a nail into a wood. <laughs> you know, you need to, at one shot, the nail doesn't go in. You got to hammer it, hammer it. And then it goes in, it goes in, it goes in. And then it, you know, goes in completely, it sinks in. And so uh, it's not a bad thing to repeat again and again. Amen. And I am in no pressure to come up and say something absolutely new out of the world, which nobody has ever said or ever heard. I'm in no pressure to do that. And some people are when they come up to preach, to say something completely new, mind-boggling, you know, something so fascinating and amazing so that you would just say, wow, I would never heard anything like this. But no, our call is to go back to the fundamentals and the basics and re-establish ourselves and realign our lives according to the teachings of scriptures and get ourselves rooted strongly in it. Amen. What's the point in listening to something fascinating and absolutely new and, you know, exciting and emotionally stirring, but if you don't have the basics, well, right. If you're not really strongly rooted in the basics, amen. Hallelujah. And so it's always good, however uh, far we might have, uh, you know, um, gone in our walk in faith, in the faith, however long or how many ever years we might have been walking with the Lord, it's always good to come back to the basics, to the simple, basic, elementary truths of scriptures and be reminded and to be taught and to learn it and put it back into practice. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so let's go on to this passage that says the Lord has called us to be with him. The call is to be with him. To be with him means to be with the master, to follow the master's teachings, to be his disciples, to live in a dynamic, growing relationship with the Lord. If you look at John's gospel, chapter 15 and verse 9, Jesus said, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. The whole passage of John uh, 15 is talking about abiding in Christ and where he's the vine we are the branches and we got to be abiding in him John 15 9 says as the father has loved me so have I loved you now remain in my love uh, it's about a love relationship with the Lord it's about loving Jesus it's about loving him with all our heart mind soul and strength that's the first and the greatest commandment Jesus said and the second is like the first love your neighbor as yourself both go hand in hand 
So it's all about loving Jesus. Jesus called the disciples to be with him, to be in a relationship with him. To walk with him, not just about serving the master, washing his feet and, you know, washing his clothes and serving him and fixing his breakfast. And not just about doing duties. It's about being in a love relationship with God. Now remain in my love. As the father has loved me, I have loved you. Remain in my love. He's a person with a personality. We're not worshipping some kind of a power or a distant apparition or some kind of an impersonal being. But we're worshipping a God who's a person with a personal, who has a personal relationship with us. He created us in his own image. And so we, we who have been created in his image have been created just like him. In other words, if you and I are relational beings, he's certainly a relational being. You've been created in his image. That's why one of the greatest and the most torturous kind of punishments uh, is what is called a solitary confinement. Where that criminal who has been jailed would never be able to see even the light of sun and never be able to meet or talk to anybody. It would simply drive him crazy. You put him in that solitary confinement, that cell where he cannot talk to anyone. He can't see anybody's face. That would torment him. Because we've been created as relational beings. With the instinct of love, with the capacity of love. We, we, we are beings who express love and we are beings who, are crave, who crave and receive and, and need love. Need, love is a basic human need. Amen. That's why you walk into a room and nobody recognizes you. You don't feel like going there. If somebody ignores you, it hurts. Why? Because you are and I are created as people who are relational and who have the uh, emotion of love. Amen. We are lovable people and we are people who would share love. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so the Lord Jesus wants us to be in a love relationship with him. So this morning, the question is, are we in this growing love relationship with the Lord? Are we experiencing his love? Are we loving him back? And if you do, how well is your love relationship with the Lord? And love and a relationship always demands time. You can never build a relationship without giving time. It takes time. When you love someone, when you relate with someone, if you need to get to know someone, if you need to share love with somebody, it takes time. So how is our time alone with Jesus? Do we truly share a love relationship with him? Or is it a one-sided love where only Jesus is the only one who is loving? <laughs> and so ask ourselves this question this morning. Am I growing in this love relationship? Oh, I used to love him some time back. I do began, uh, you know, somewhere I came to know Jesus. I had a need. I had a problem. I had a financial need. I had a health need. I had a demonic attack. I had something that troubled me and I came to Jesus and Jesus set me free. Jesus helped us. Jesus blessed us. Jesus lifted us up. 
Jesus healed us, Jesus delivered us. Is that all that you have had in life in terms of your relationship with God? is it all about, was it all is it all about just something that you got from him but are you in this growing love relationship with the lord jesus that's the most important and the key ingredient of a christian life that will cause one to be really blessed every blessing in life depends upon how we love jesus Amen. Hallelujah. God wants us to love him. God wants us to love him. He's waiting on you. He's waiting to hear your voice. He's waiting to listen to what you have to say. He's waiting to, you know, have you in a relationship with him. Have you forgotten Jesus in the busyness of your work? The busyness of day-to-day -day schedules, things to do, deadlines to be met. targets to be achieved results to be you know brought out in the pressure of all of that have we forgotten jesus are we in a relationship with jesus right now this morning can you say i have continually been in a you know growing relationship with christ i have been continually growing in my relationship with the lord jesus i have been continually spending time with him If yes praise the lord continue to grow in that if no would you begin this morning if you begin would you begin again would you begin again amen if you are a person who says i am a christian if you are a person who says i am a disciple of the lord jesus you and i are called to be in a love relationship with jesus are you growing in that relationship with him or has life's demands consumed you so much that you've lost your connection with jesus so this morning would you examine yourself when would you align yourself to the scriptures acts chapter 11 26 we read john 15 9 we read as a father has loved me so have i loved you now remain in my love remain in my love And if you are a disciple of Christ any disciple is a one who is in a relationship with the master and who is also learning the teachings of the master Jesus continually taught his disciples he had them with him a disciple is a learner a disciple is a student a disciple is an apprentice and so as the disciples of Christ we are also called to follow his commands learn his teachings same chapter John 15 read verses 10 and 11 If you keep my commands you will remain in my love how do you remain in his love by loving with with all our hearts but how do we love by keeping his commands how can we keep his commands unless we know his commands right only when we know his word we can live by his word isn't it and so in verse chapter 15 verse 10 and 11 if you keep my commands you will remain in my love just as i have kept my father's commands and remain in his love the father's command the father the son and the holy spirit are all three equal it's one god in three persons but jesus took upon himself 
you know the position of a man he became a man and when he did that for the work of doing the work of redemption he submitted himself to the father's will what i hear the father say i do what i hear the father say i say he was led by the father he prayed to the father in fact in hebrews you find that jesus prayed with loud cries early in the morning mark's gospel chapter 1 you find early in the morning jesus went you know to a lonely place and prayed oh he doesn't have to pray he is god he is truly divine and truly human at the same time while he was on the earth there was no need for him to pray but he would go and talk to the father he was in a fellowship with the father he was in a close you know communion with the father and the same way the lord wants us to be in a close intimate relationship with him and also to keep his commands as jesus says i have kept the father's commands now if you want to remain in my love keep my commands learn the teachings of god's word live by it are we taking the effort and the time to sit down and learn are we taking the effort and the time to read and understand are we taking the effort to come and sit in the presence of god in the house of god to listen and learn how intentional is your learning process this is not to be done like doing school education or college education where we study the previous night before exams god has called us to be lifelong students of god's word amen hallelujah you can be 40 and still a student you can be 50 and still a student of god's word we never will stop being a student of the word of god amen hallelujah tell yourself i'm a learner amen i'm a learner hallelujah having the posture of learning is very important for growth having a, the willingness to learn is very important for growth pastor at 76 goes for classes he goes for classes every month to learn you never cease learning hallelujah amen jesus said i kept the commands of my father i keep his commands he hears what the father says he knows what the father's will is he learns it and he obeys it and so you and i if you and i have to remain in his love we got to be good learners of the word of god hallelujah i want to be a learner hallelujah have a posture of learning a willingness to learn the moment we say oh you know oh about that i i know you know i have seen it all i know the world i have taught so many people i have done this i have done that uh, you know uh, i know better than you the moment we come up with that kind of an attitude or a spirit we will never learn and an assumption that everybody else is wrong and i am the only one who is right can stop you from learning i know better the danger of earning more degrees <laughs> is that we can stop learning <laughs> amen 
if you keep my commands you will remain in my love just as i have kept my father's commands and remain in his love verse uh, 15 uh, sorry verse 11 i have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete what brings you the greatest joy what brings you the greatest excitement is it barbecue is it a road trip is it flying in an airplane <laughs> what brings you the greatest joy is it new clothes Is it meeting relatives and having a chat with them over coffee? What brings you the greatest joy? Let loving Jesus, obeying his commands, learning his commands be the one thing that will bring you the greatest joy. Hallelujah. What brings you pleasure? What is most pleasurable to you will tell you what you will really value. Are you with me this morning? What brings you the greatest pleasure? What is the one thing which is most pleasurable to you? Is the one thing for which you will spend time and energy and effort and money? Right? Does it make sense? Jesus is saying, I have said this to you so that my joy will be in you and that your joy will be complete. You will have the fullness of joy. in his presence psalm as david said amen in his presence there is fullness of joy hallelujah there should be the greatest joy and that's why king david said i was glad when they said unto me come let us go to the house of the lord because he found his greatest joy in the presence of god and so that's why he even did not you know care to disrobe himself and look undignified in the presence of all the people where he danced before the lord disrobing himself and he said when michal mocked at him he said back to her he told her i will become even more undignified than this what did he tell her i will become even more undignified than this i'm not ashamed to worship i'm not ashamed to praise i'm not ashamed to pray i'm not ashamed to love jesus i'm not ashamed to love his word i'm not ashamed to read and meditate on his word and learn and live by his word amen a king say so So I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy will be complete the one place where you would be true truly joyful and truly experience great pleasure and joy is the presence of god in your love relationship with him as you relate with him as you talk to him as you hear his voice as you read and learn and live by his word your life will be filled with true joy amen nothing else no other kind of a joy or happiness is permanent the joy of the lord is permanent everything else is temporal everything else is relative you buy something new today you feel good you feel excited but then after a while it becomes 
in fact the most expensive things have the highest depreciation value you know that you buy a car for 30 lakhs in 5 years it will sell for 6 8 lakhs <laughs> the more expensive it is the more higher the depreciation value its worth goes down more quickly <laughs> The moment the next new model comes, this looks like a completely outdated thing. That's material things in this world are so temporal. It's not going to come with us forever. But the joy of the Lord is going to stay. The presence of the Lord is there. And that is permanent. The word of God will never perish. Heaven and earth may pass away. But my word will remain. Hallelujah. Amen. And so as a disciple of Christ, the call is to be in a loving relationship with him and to learn as a, as a disciple in our relationship with our master. We learn the teachings. We be a good learner. And by that we love him. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Let's go on. Jesus called them to be with him as his disciples. That's the call. To be in a loving relationship with him and that's by obeying his commands. And part of that command is to be a disciple is given in Luke's gospel chapter 9 verses 23 and 24. Luke 9, 23 and 24. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it and whoever loses their life for me will save it. Whoever wants to be my disciple, what must he do? He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow him. Denying ourselves. A life that we don't live for ourselves, not for what we want. Today, in the 21st century, we live in a world where uh, it's all about me. I, me, myself, I'm important. My life, my priorities, my conveniences, my comforts, my success, what I want, my private space. Have you heard of words like that? My private space. You know, don't call me for these kind of meetings. You know, please respect my private space. <laughs> private space. So, it's all about me. And with more of technology we have and uh, devices like mobile phones, we have more and more of ourselves. We live with ourselves. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself. Denying ourselves uh, is not about becoming a sadhu or a sannyasi. <laughs> Some people have taken that to another extreme and have you know, sold everything they had and gone up to somewhere on Mount Himalayas and uh, thought of living in a cave. <laughs> Renouncing the world. I will not wear footwear. I will wear torn clothes. <laughs> no, that's not what Jesus is talking about. Denying ourselves. He says you are in this world but you are not of this world. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would keep them in this world but protect them from the evil one. Jesus prayed for the believers. You're in this world, but not of 
this world. That's what denying ourselves means. To live a different life, to live a life that will make a difference. To live a life not for ourselves, but to live a life for Christ. It's no longer, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. Amen. What would Jesus do if he was walking in my shoes? That's an old song. WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do if he was walking in my shoes? That's denying ourselves, taking up the cross and be willing to suffer for Christ, suffer persecution, suffer opposition, suffer insults. People will mock at us. People will ridicule us. People will look down on us. You might lose a promotion because you're a Christian. You might lose a, a, a privilege because you're a Christian. And today in our country, for many of the minority groups, that's the case. That's the case. Where a person, because he comes from a such, such a background, he cannot draw water from that common well in the village. He cannot, you know, eat in a public place. Have you heard of stories where recently some, some of those people from uh, like the Dalits and all of them were beaten up and killed by... Uh, the upper caste people at weddings because they came and ate at the same table. They were also invited guests at the wedding but because that person belonged to a, a lower strata of society, they were beaten to death at a wedding. Today, that's, that's the kind of world we live in. And so when you say, I'm a believer on the Lord Jesus, you may be despised, you may be ridiculed, you may be looked down upon, you might be cast away, you might be thought of to be someone defiling. To the extent where if my son takes uh, some non-vegetarian food to class, the neighboring child goes and complains to the teacher and she beats him and there's a girl because he's bringing non-vegetarian food and she hates it. That's a kind of mindset with which uh, people grow up their children from a young age to hate others because they're Christian or because they eat non-vegetarian food. This is the kind of world that we live in. And so Jesus said, because of me, you will be hated by many. And so because you say, I'm a believer on the Lord Jesus, because you stand up for the truth, you will be hated. And so that is what Jesus is calling us to a life of Co-death with Christ. Yes, Jesus died on the cross, but you also have a death to die. A life of co-death. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross daily. It's not a one-time thing. Daily. And so you can expect suffering. You can expect opposition. You can expect, you know, People who loved you to turn their backs on you. You might lose relationships because you follow the truth. And that's a cross you carry for Christ. That's a cross you carry for being a disciple of the Lord Jesus. And so Jesus called them to be his disciples, called the 12 to be with him, to be in a dynamic relationship, in a growing relationship with him, to obey his commands, live by his teachings. By that we love him. By that we express his love and our joy is complete. While we follow his commands and his command of being a disciple is to carry our cross and follow him daily. To go through a process of co-death with Christ. Amen.
Yes, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but to be his disciple, you and, you and I are called to die daily to ourselves. We got to let go of our ego, our pride, our, our selfishness and everything. Also turn with me to Luke's gospel chapter 14 and verses 25 to 33. Luke 14, again, Luke records about Jesus' statements of being a disciple, the cost of being a disciple. There's a price that we have to pay. Jesus paid the price for our sins, but to be his disciples, there is also a price that you and I are called to pay. And that is in Luke 14, 25 to 33. Large crowds are traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate their father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. What is this hate? And some people took it very seriously and literally. And they walked out of their homes. And they went and stayed in the faith home. That's not what God is calling us to. Not to go live in a faith home. He wants us to live in our homes. That's why he created the family. Family is God's, God's institution. And we have no right to dishonor marriage. And so in the whole idea of becoming a disciple and hating father, mother, brother, sister, husband, wife, some people have even left their spouses, left their marriages, wrecked their marriages. That's not what God is wanting us to do. Not to go and sit somewhere like a sadhu or a sannyasi. But the point is that would you love Jesus more than these? More than them? Would you want to please him? It's not the idea of hate in the sense of literal hatred as in the idea of having a quarrel or a fight with somebody and having a broken relationship and hate them forever. Have you heard people say, even if I die, I will not step into your house. By the way, when you die, you can't step into anybody's house. Now, set So much of hatred. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Why he's not talking about that? How do we know that? Because he's talked, the first and the greatest command is to love him. And the second, like the first, is to love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love the neighbor whom you, the brother whom you see, how can you love the God? You don't see. So Jesus is not propagating a, a teaching of hate in the sense of a literal hate. But the whole idea is, would you love him first? Love him more. Please him more. Please Jesus, please. And want to live according to his word and not to please people. Not to please the world. So when a man wanted to follow Jesus, he said, let me go bury my father. And come and Jesus said, let the bury, dead bury the dead. You come and follow me. Sounds so harsh, isn't it? But the point is about are you willing to sacrifice everything else to follow Jesus? Amen? Asia Bibi, the young woman who was caught about 10 years back in Pakistan, allegedly accused of blasphemy because she came and drew water. Uh, she was picking cherries in the fields and she came and drank water from a pot and so happened that that belonged to the Muslim community. And so they began to pick up a quarrel with her and uh, she uh, 
and in that conversation of some argument she stood for christ and uh, that was taken as to be a blasphemy and she was put behind bars for many many years and uh, uh, all the radical groups in the country began to uh, demand for beheading her a young woman and in um, the court finally by god's grace and by international pressure released her recently but yet the radical groups went on a, a rampage all over the country um protesting and demanding her to be beheaded and she was on a death row actually but thankfully the supreme court of pakistan released her and she just a few days back uh was safely taken to canada and canada has opened the doors for her to come and live and she's under tight security and living in a safe place with her family the family left earlier and she joined the family recently but in the uh, jail cell the jailers would beat her up torture her and ask her deny christ say that i will become a muslim right now and we will release you she said jesus died on the cross for me and i will never do that the more she was tortured the more stronger she was in her faith that is truly to deny yourself take up your cross and follow jesus let come what may but she would not relent from denying christ amen you might come under pressure you might come under enormous amount of stress you might come under several things that you might have to lose because you follow jesus but if you follow him follow him wholeheartedly that's what jesus is saying don't please your father mother brother sister if you want to keep everybody happy and also follow jesus no it's not going to work If you take a stand for the truth you're going to be stepping on many other people's toes you're going to be rubbing many others on the wrong side but that's a price that Jesus is calling us to pay and so he goes on to say in verse number uh i think it's 27 onwards suppose one of you wants to build a tower won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it for if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish a uh, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able to able with 10000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20000 if he is not able he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace in the same way those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples if you are willing to give up everything for the sake of christ are you willing to give up everything and anything for the sake of christ amen if you don't take a bribe you'll be thrown out of the job are you willing to lose the job because you will not take a bribe because the bible says that bribery is sin that's denying ourselves amen willing to please jesus willing to live by his word and not please people amen it's about a self denial and an unselfish life a life to live for christ to reprioritize it's not family first god next it's god first family next amen god first family next 
than everything else. For many people, it's work first, family next, and God forgotten. <laughs> God first, family next, and then everything else and everybody else. Amen? Reprioritize. Are you willing to pay the price if you face needs, if you face criticism, if you face opposition, if you face persecution, if you face insults, if you're ridiculed, if you have to lose your rights, if you have to lose your privileges, are you willing to for the sake of Jesus? And are you willing to give up everything? This king who's got a 10,000 people army is going out on a war. But when he finds that he has another opponent who is coming with a 20,000, what would he have to do? He would have to send a delegation beforehand because he knows that it's going to be a heavy price he will lose if he goes up. And so he has to give up his ego. He has to give up his pride. He has to give up his status. It looks like at that moment, he actually went down. It looked like as if at that moment he was a loser. It looked like he was not a great winner, a victorious person over a great army. But he gave up everything. His position, his title, his name, his fame, his glory, his pride, his ego, everything. And said, I'm going to send a delegation. This is a wise way to deal with this. So are we willing to give up? ourselves can we be corrected if somebody corrects us can we be disciplined if somebody disciplines us right amen can we accept if somebody says you're wrong or do we think I'm the only one who's right and everybody else is always wrong To be a disciple of Christ would mean to deny ourselves, to give up everything, our ego, our pride, our position, our status, our, what we think is right, and allowing correction, allowing people to speak into our lives. And even if it looks like positionally we have lost our glory and everything, some people want to keep that status quo, you know. Uh, I met a man, uh, unfortunately, he passed away now uh, many years back, but while he was alive uh, and his family was going through a very bad uh, phase, a lot of demonic oppression in the family. Uh, demons would come and steal away the money. Um, you know, wallets, purses would uh, be empty. <laughs> demons would open up the cupboard. <laughs> Such kind of demonic activity in the house, witchcraft and all of that. And so we used to go and pray there and pray for that family. They come from a traditional Christian family. And so uh, they were really in, bad, in a very bad shape. Financially, they were very highly qualified. The man was uh, a doctor and an MBA. Um, you know, specialist, professional. The wife was a very highly qualified person. High position in life. Very, uh, you know, from a very good family background. But unfortunately, because of the demonic work in that family and because they were truly not disciples of Christ, but they were Christians by name and by virtue of birth alone. And so they were under this demonic oppression so much. 
and so one time while we were visiting them and we were praying for them um the man said uh, you know all these kind of problems and they were in big debt and they were running in great problem and great trouble he was in adultery lost all the money uh, you know i mean for the way they should have lived i mean they were literally like paupers uh, they were struggling but the man said uh, you know all these problems in life everything would come and go you know uh, this is all women children all you know they'll be sitting and crying about these things you know we are men we don't worry about all these things <laughs> you have a huge problem at home the house is burning but the man talks like oh all of this you know nothing oh no big deal we are men we can handle that only these people know they they just sit and cry all these women and children full of ego full of pride even when the whole house was falling apart he wouldn't humble himself and say i need prayer i need god's grace lord help me you get what i'm talking about a disciple is not one who hacks like that a disciple of christ gives up everything follows jesus is humble is willing to learn is willing to be corrected doesn't live with ego and pride and so this king with 10000 men would send a delegation even though it might look he it might look like for his followers he might look small in their eyes oh he couldn't go on a war he couldn't go and fight the battle he couldn't take on this enemy oh he would have to let go of his ego his pride his status his position everything and say here we are on a peace negotiation can we talk that takes humility that's how a disciple is he gives up everything of his own self all that that makes your head grow big has to be given up and so the disciples asking lord we've left everyone and come you said hate your father mother brother sister we've done everything what will we get matthew's gospel chapter 19 verses 27 to 30 matthew chapter 19 27 to 30 Matthew 19 27 to 30 Peter answered him we have left everything to follow you what then will there be for us Jesus said to them truly i tell you at the renewal of all things when the son of man sits on his glorious throne you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel you will also sit with jesus affirming his judgment along with him ruling and reigning with him as he judges the 12 tribes of israel you have a place along with jesus you have left everything in this world but the glories of eternity are far greater than the temporal sufferings and the pain that we go through in this world for the sake of christ that's what jesus is saying the glories of eternity and the privileges of eternity are far greater than what is just there for a brief period of time the suffering the giving up the losses that we incur for the sake of Christ for being truthful for being honest for living according to his word for being righteous for being just losing privileges losing our rights losing our blessings losing what is due to us it's worth losing it all for the sake of Christ for the sake of the glories that we await to receive 
and everything verse 30 and everyone who has left houses of brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life but many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first the point is those who look like they are the greatest followers of Christ the most zealous the first might actually become last but those who are the unsung heroes and the most insignificant people who uh, in great obscurity lived truthfully and followed Jesus sincerely all the way till the end of their lives will be the first amen hallelujah you lost everything you suffered much you've gone through hell and you lived through it the last will be first amen hallelujah the last day will surprise us for the many who will receive a hundred times as much as they lost in this world amen hallelujah and so whatever we lose in this world for the sake of christ things might not happen the way it happens for others because we are a believer on the lord jesus because you've made a commitment to follow him because you've stood for the truth because you've been faithful it's worth it all for the glories that await us for you the last will be first and the first will be last amen hallelujah and so call the call that god has given to us is to be with him to be with him is to be in a relationship with him to love him to be with him is to follow his commands and if you truly love me obey my commands jesus said so be a learner and be a follower be a doer of god's word live by the teachings of the word of god and thirdly to be a disciple to be with him is to go through a experience of co-death with christ to be a true disciple is to deny ourselves take up a cross deny everything else and to be willing to just please jesus first and then everyone else next we live in a world we are completely driven by what others say especially our society indian society is a honor shame culture a honor shame culture a small thing that goes wrong puts us to such tremendous amount of shame that's why you find even own parents killing their children because they happen to go into a relationship with a person who is of a lower caste so it's a honor shame culture so it's what you call as honor killing own parents would kill the children because they fell in love and got married to somebody of a lower caste so it's a, such a shame for them in their society everybody says oh your son so don't come don't have anything to do with us so they will push our whole family out of our community and we will be so pushed away so it's because of this honor and shame culture we are so bound to it and that is a demonic stronghold we live to honor jesus and we are not ashamed of the gospel and ashamed of his word hallelujah and not to be bound by the honor shame culture that is in our society it's so shameful oh your daughter is over 30 years old not yet married oh ha huh? not yet ha huh? so what she will marry at 31 tell them it's not a shame you know why we the 30 is the last deadline final deadline 30 you one day cross 30 that's it such a shame 
everybody will think something about us so what if everybody thinks something we think differently hallelujah we wait for the will of god we wait for the plan of god hallelujah we live to please christ amen don't be ashamed it's the shame that actually drives us to desperation it's a fear of what others will say many things like that in anything you take people are driven by honor shame this is a problem with our culture let's not be driven by what our culture says let's be driven by what the word of god says hallelujah i want to please jesus and do his will all my life you so son has to do an engineering or a medicine if he does not qualify to do an engineering or a medicine that's it such a shame he went only did become and that to an mcc at least loyal some oh loyal that to mcc from sbo school he went to ebenezer school what a shame you know oh sbo ebenezer ebenezer nobody knows we driven by those ideas are you with me you have to either study in anna university or in satyabama or panimalar or st joseph's anything else tmi all that is you that's all venkateswara oh you went what college is driven by what others will think you have to be like that you have to study there iit oh iit okay okay iit Where did B.A. English? Huh? English only? Oh, Tamil. Oh. B.A. Tamil. What? You want to become Tamil teacher? Without Tamil teacher, you can't read anything in the government. <laughs> Any government office without Tamil, nothing will work. so who said tamil is inferior to english who said engineering is inferior to medicine who said dentistry is superior to mbbs we have put all these structures you have to be a either it engineer or software engineer. you join mechanical civil ayyo of all the things you went go to civil be civil what will you get at least you should have done uh, computer science or it without mechanical engineering that idiot box and that screen will not work you need some mechanical engineering isn't it paul and some electronics without electronics and mechanical how can you even build a computer it's not just a software which is running in this you know in the in the cloud in the atmosphere you need mechanical you need electrical you need electronics it involves everything and then the software you load then the software works but today oh software engineer whom do you want bridegroom software engineer gone on assignment from what what is that called on site ah <laughs> you have to be on site you have to be software on site 
tall tin fair girl with own house own car own computer own ipad then ah otherwise be a literature english you requirement we want software on site tall tin fair girl shame honor culture we are driven we are consumed by this and so we are driving our children we are driving our families we are driving everything towards that because this is what the society has kept as norm but one of the best professions is to be a teacher you get one month holiday every year paid holiday and any time even the cloud comes in the uh, over chennai school leave they don't realize the value of good professions like this If you work in SBO school, even before the cloud comes, you'll get a holiday. By 4.30, you can be uh, at home. And you get very good government-aided salary. <laughs> so, I hope you're understanding that we ought not to be driven by this honor-shame culture. Amen. If you don't work in Microsoft and Amazon and Wipro, it doesn't mean that you've not made it in life. you live for jesus you became photographer are you finally he didn't study anything none of the courses work will work for him he became a complete dull head either send him to bible college or police that is what they did in tirunelveli district those days either send him to correct na police or teacher <laughs> if you are a good believer family then bible college if either police or teacher also he cannot survive then he'll become a robe wearing man this is a honor shame culture so we got we should not be driven by that and today if you are uh, don't get me wrong i i quote a lot of these things and just for us to understand not to criticize or humiliate or put down anybody not pointing fingers at anyone if you're doing well if you are in high positions if you've married a tall tall thin fair girl please have fun you know the point is that let's not be driven by these things that the society has set but let's live for jesus die to ourselves these are things that we have to die to hallelujah we should not be driven by these philosophies we should not be driven by these ideas these should we should not be driven by what the society dictates hallelujah go by the will of god go by the plan of god live for jesus glorify him you know live by his word die to yourself deny everything and you will see him prosper and bless you in ways and means beyond what you can expect or imagine hallelujah hallelujah it's worth it all it's worth giving up everything it's worth losing whatever you have to lose for the sake of christ because you ultimately will gain amen hallelujah you will only gain you will never lose there's never been a history of anyone who has become a loser who is a true disciple of christ hallelujah amen never be a failure if you're a disciple of christ truly you will only win you will only be blessed you will only succeed he will see you through
Amen.